What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only show on the internet where we review every live-action television show based on a comic book or a comic book property. My name is Cassie, and I will be the host for today's episode, and I'm here to lead us and guide us through this expanse of comic book TV. I can't do this alone, though, so I brought along some friends. Here with me, as always, is Mike. Hello. Hi, Mike. I'm here with you. Thank you. That... I was a little anxious. I don't know if you could tell, but you just you calmed me so much to know that you were just here with me. So I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, you, you seemed on edge. So I'm just here to tell you that it's okay. We're just here to talk about some superhero TV shows. You know Everything's what? Everything's going to be okay. I should start with you always. This is just this reassuring energy that I needed. That's what I think. Yeah. But I mean, I do also have Ryan here. Ryan, how's it going? Got some notes. I've got some notes. Of course uh, he does instantly. Okay. Cassie, maybe uh, take charge of your own show and just, you know... Have a little bit of chutzpah, have a little bit of balls. Mike, uh-huh. maybe come in and introduce me because it took a long time before you were introduced, before I was talking. So why don't we work on that next he time? Really... Okay. So Cassie says, here's Mike. And before I say anything, I say, and here's Ryan. That, 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 this is what I'm asking for, yes. Or you okay. know what? No. You know what? Deprive the people of what, they, uh, of what they want. So, hey, oh, did you order a hot dog? Here. Wait 12 minutes before I give you your hot dog. Or oh, just I, let them have like the fucking hot dog, baby. I want it cooked fresh, so... No, yeah. it's already cooked. It's already cooked. He's just holding it in his fucking hairy, sweaty hand. Well, that's weird. He should at least have gloves on. Hopefully, it's also in a paper tray. Yeah, I don't know why Unless he's about to throw it, and then I have to pass my $3 down the aisle and ho- trust every 15 people who it's going to get to him. I never trust any of them. Because each person in the row takes a little piece of paper off your $3. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you just crawl over all the people and, like, just, excuse me, sorry, to pass and get the hot dog directly? Yeah. I, w- I run across the chairs like I'm Roberto Benigni. It's like, how bad have you ever wanted a hot dog before? Where that so all seems bad. necessary. Oh, my bad. God. I want one right now, especially. Oh, my God, you guys. We just had the national, like, hot dog eating competition was just, like, yesterday, I think it was. And um, I can never watch those. Where Joey that Chestnut. not want that. Joey Chestnut. <laughs> Wait, Mike, it, it's not appealing to you to watch people... Uh, break things in half, dip them in water, and shove them into their mouth as hard as they fucking can? I watched pictures, and the look in his eyes mm-hmm. is like he's tortured. Like, we can't see the guns behind the camera forcing him to do this. It was awful. You watched pictures. Do you, do you, have, a, do you have a classic, pictures. like, slideshow, like, where your aunts yeah. and uncles are bringing over, like, slides of their vacation? That's how you watch yeah, like, the hot dog tournament every week? A viewfinder every week. The weekly hot dog tournament gets projected <laughs> in a big viewfinder onto my wall. And that's pretty good, right? Uh, yeah, I'm for it. I got, I'd never want hot dogs. That's the only thing that makes me not want hot dogs. I got to say, though, it's an eating uh, tournament, and if we have to pick something to eat, it should be hot dogs. It's the best fucking food. It's all yeah. the foods at once. This is what I want. Yeah, people are like, oh, but you know what's in it? Was, yeah. One, I was born in the 80s, so I know what's in it. I'm not in the 1950s. Like, we're not dumb. And I don't give a shit because it tastes delicious. That's all that matters. I don't got to know what's in there. But I feel like if it wasn't hot dogs, I don't, I can't do, I couldn't do a hot dog eating competition, but I feel like I could do like a dino nugget competition. Oh my 100%. God, I just bought some. I just <laughs> bought a giant box of dino nuggets and I came home and usually my wife is like, uh, you eat like a eight-year-old at a birthday party. I want nothing of what you eat. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I am just making dino nuggets for myself. And then from the other room, I, I heard like, well, make me two. No, four. <laughs> no, you know what? Give me 12. I'll take 12. And then we each had 12 dino nuggets. <laughs> nice. That's half a meal. That's one. Are you, are you ketchup or honey? Kind honey? Of I've never oh, heard of honey before. 
Oh, yeah, man. I wanted so badly to talk about that, what you put on a hot dog, but what you do with dino nuggets is so much more important. Um, we have this, uh, we have a condiment brand that we're very loyal to. It's called like Ray's, I think. Very and loyal Ray, to. And Ray, yeah, I don't know what it's called, but <laughs> it's my entire life. And Ray's has something called chicken sauce. It doesn't say what's in it. You just put it on chicken. And if you get some dino nuggets and some Ray's chicken sauce, my goodness, guys. It's Thanksgiving all over again. Oh what does God. it taste like? I, uh, it's just sauce, sauce, man. It's just sauce. <laughs> <laughs> sauce ass sauce. Just some good sauce. I'm so bummed that you brought up that you have like this dino nugget wealth when you know I'm stuck in the studio and I like I can't get to these nuggets. And that is very that is hurtful of you, Ryan. Well, I went to the grocery store, Cassie. Do you want me to? No. Would you, do you want me to like drive by your house and throw dino nuggets at your house? That's the only yes. thing. Yes, one hundred percent. I have very few requests. If you request to be introed first, like I request dino nuggets delivered to my doorstep. Okay, your dream is to have dino nuggets thrown in your mouth. My dream is to live the life of the video game paperboy. So <laughs> let's there knock these go. out. I'm going to ride a bike, which I have not done in a very long time. Would love uh, to see that. Down your sidewalk, and I'm going to fucking huck dino nuggets right at your house, <laughs> and I want to see how many you get right in your mouth. And I will, of course, because I'm a gentleman, put a little bit of raised chicken sauce on each one before I throw. Ryan, and that's you... how we beat COVID. Yeah. That's how you beat it. <laughs> how have, it's been right there. The solution was right there. Ryan, you brought yourself back along. I thought I was going to have beef with you this whole episode, but now with this dream team, I'm fully in for this. And... I, I don't know how to transfer from Dino Nuggets to our main event, you guys. But I guess oh, speaking of Captain dream Segway, teams, <laughs> we're not here. What oh, are we going to do? Yeah. Speaking you of dream teams, <laughs> we are going to be talking about Warrior Nun for the main event. But before that, it's time for some shushies. As promised, you guys, we are here for shushies because we are celebrating here at Your Pop Filter. We are deep in award season for shushies. Ryan, what are we giving away this week? It's best villain, guys, and. I feel like that our villains run the gamut. Do you guys think, right off the bat, do you guys think that TV villains are doing a better job than movie villains as far as the MCU and the DCEU go? Yeah. In TV shows, you have more time to sit with them and learn their motives, and they're less cartoonish and flat, or just mirror copies of the hero. But, like, uh, in this episode, uh, this week's episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the villain was like, <laughs> wow, uh, Quake, it's so weird to be around you. Isn't that crazy? Um, I'm still going to kill you. There's just so much. There's just so much, ugh, you know? But there's more. I mean, that's. I wouldn't think of him as S.H.I.E.L.D.'s uh, most iconic Go-to villain. Go-to villain, they, yeah. They've had so many villains. So the Maybe not an award episode, winner. No. It might also be that we just have a lower bar for TV villains. Like, we're willing to accept a lower villain on these, like, TV shows. Yeah, and we do have like we do have the potential to spend more time with them, and that is cool. But unfortunately, I I do think there's shows like The Flash, which is like we got this is an eight episode villain, this is a one episode villain, right. and then we don't really have that. Uh, not nominated. I thought I would bring up real quick. Two people were not nominated. I mean, there was a lot of people not nominated, but uh, Homelander from The Boys was not nominated, and Lazaro yeah, from. Uh, Vagrant Queen was not nominated. And I do think that this is fucking Cassie's thumb on the shit. Yes. Uh, she hates the boys. <laughs> yeah. How do you hate the boys? Oh, man, I got a real hatred for it. I will take this show down at any opportunity. This is a sole mission of me and a Cassie guarantee at your pop filter. Take it down the boys. 
I love when she hosts the show as if she's a used car salesman. (laughs) (laughs) It's my go-to. That's like one of the top five shows we've ever watched for this show, right? That's crazy. But, it sucks. It sucks so much. It's just a real you bummer. You suck so much. You didn't like Wilson Fisk, so you suck <laughs> they, so much. They, it's the same reason that I don't like both of those, and we don't have the time to get into it, and I will just get too pat- mad. I don't like either of them. They suck. But Cassie, also Lazaro was not nominated. Do you want to speak yeah, on that? I am bummed about that because like, I am a fan of Lazaro. He took a while to grow on me, but he does. He's got like He's super... He's got that insane level to him where he just watches people like torture themselves, which is just wild. But then also he'll make people dance. He's got like these two extremes that are wild. And I feel like it should have been respected here at your pop filter. I do think that he has sort of like a 2020 version of being a villain. And again, going back to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with this Nathaniel Malick character of uh, I don't act like a villain, right? Like uh, I'm a little like. Uh, subtle Jim Carrey mixed with Dr. Doom mixed with like Paul Rudd just like <laughs> right hey it's Sam Rockwell right con- and, and also the three people you just said it's Sam Rockwell <laughs> not as any role he has just the actor himself it's not also the three people I said you took all those three people and then created Sam Rockwell it's and just Sam, Sam Rockwell. Rockwell yeah yeah that's what I was saying oh but then I said it first right sure your first nominee is from the newly canceled Katie Keene it's Pepper Smith. God, just so devastating, that newly canceled part of that. And I feel like a lot of people are going to blame Pepper for it. <laughs> no, it's the poor writing and poor acting for it. I, I crowed. It was like in the middle of the night, and I called Ryan the telephone to let him know it got canceled. It was the happiest <laughs> I've ever been because I made a Google alert. That is so sad to me. I feel like I've brought a curse upon this show. Like they heard that I liked it, and they were like, you know what? Fuck this show. No more. Not with fans like her. <laughs> Why keep going? <laughs> But, Cassie, this is a very important moment of being on the Superhero Show Show. Um, you like these shows, right? Because otherwise, why would you do this podcast? Yeah. yeah. But then when one gets canceled, you're like, fuck, yes. Thank God. I love that. <laughs> Even though Except- all those people are now out of work. Yeah, it's a real bummer. And I don't have any more pepper in my life. I don't have this excellent villain in my life anymore. That is sad to me. Yeah, let's rub salt in her wounds because she doesn't have any more pepper. She was supposed to be one of the real friends and suck so much she was the villain. Yeah, that's the part where like her villain side is pretty much just that like she kind of sucks as a friend. Spe- specifically, Not like, kind of sucks. She's the worst. Yeah, okay. I mean, right, every okay. opportunity she was like, <laughs> like you could she- feel her devising plans. Okay, the pepper plant was for them to display their talents, okay? It worked out in the end. She had to, like, fuck him over at the beginning, but the end end result was, like, semi-okay. Oh, my God. Do you understand, like, the type of person that Cassie's about to be? Like, this is <laughs> her role model. She's our pepper. It's also bullshit because the pepper plant is a great, like, small batch hot sauce place for Northern California, and for them to steal it and make it something <laughs> stupid. Okay, so, Cassie, this is, once again, a uh, instance of Mike, like... Somebody is trying to uh, fund the entire show, be a sponsor for the whole show. But Mike says, oh, no, just for me. doesn't tell us about it. And then mm. sponsors the show with his comebacks. Okay. All right. Y- your next nominee is last year's winner. It's David Haller from the show Legion. And last year, it was almost controversial, right? Because he was, in theory, the protagonist of that season. And we were like, no, this guy is evil. I would say that went away in the third season. He, the controversy? Yes. Yes, he full-blown... Yeah, he he's just... He's an evil dude, and you realize the whole show's about how this villain is becoming his villainous self. And it's hard to not have... Like, he just has so much power, so it's hard to, like... He's obviously going to make a great villain, because he can just do basically anything. 
and and the amount of time you spend with him, you realize no villain thinks they're the villain. That's why Lazaro kind of sucks as a villain. He revels in it and mm. knows he's evil. Uh, where David is convinced he's doing good. I th- uh, yeah, I think there's two different ways to watch Legion or really any bad guys. Is that is it because he has so much power? Then really, there he has no choice, right? Like if you get that, unless you're Clark Kent, if you have that much power, then you're going to become a villain. Or is it about uh, product of your own environment and mm-hmm. hit the people that raised him were so unsure what to do, which then basically turns into abuse. That of course he was going to become the villain, where right. even his sister, who was the most supportive, was not the best sister. Your next nominee is from Lock and Key. It's Dodge, guys. It's in all of his or her forms. Dodge. I th- I think this is because even though it's not one of our best shows, Dodge uh, threatened children with death. Solid. Physical, emotional violence, like she, she, sexual, they on every level. Yeah, knew how to fuck with the Locke family, and that—that's just a good ass villain. And she was dead set on one family. Like she had a target, and she was going to go after each one individually. And she's just like there was every scene she was in, she would steal it. Like yeah, one hundred percent. Like she, she was like my moment of the week. I think throughout like the whole series. And if you're a villain and can get your rocks off with one of the heroes, why not? Take a little slice for yourself, too. <laughs> your next nominee, your next two nominees are from the same show. We said, oh, Watchmen is going to totally take down the Shushies this year. There's no point in having them. They have yet to win one, I believe. Your next one is Adrian Vate. Vite? Vote. Mm-hmm. Adrian? Adrian Vite. I think that's it. There you go. From Watchmen. Yeah, I mean, he was the villain of the comic and continued to be played by the late, great Jeremy Irons. Uh, and it's the kind of, like, he was in his own side story the whole time. Hold on. But, still alive, still not great. Please continue. Uh, but he just doesn't show up to anything. He's really good at being late everywhere he goes. And it's always good. Uh, like, he's a villain who's just, like, this mad scientist. Like, he's just straight up, like, creating life just to, like, fuck with these people up on his little island or whatever. He's got, like, those servants or whatever. And that mm-hmm. is just an insane villain who will do that. Yeah, an arrogant brutality. Yeah, that's the thing. Is, I don't know if he has that <laughs> mentality. Like, it's not, like, uh, evil for evil's sake. He's so egomaniacal to the point of, like, solipsism that he just, everything he does is awful. No matter what. Mm. Even when he thinks he's doing good, he's doing bad. Yes. And it was Jeremy Irons. Your final nominee is from Watchmen. It's Lady True, who is probably more the grounded villain. Like, the one that like is actually causing the show to happen of the series Watchmen. Yeah, her finger's in all the pots. She's stirring the behind-the-scene machinations. And shares a lot with her father... Uh, in that she thinks she's smart enough to to calculate, so it's the convincing she, everything she's doing is for the greater good, as long as it also like helps line her pockets along the way, just like Hitler did. Line his pockets, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> Not with money, just like a new lining for pockets. You mm-hmm. you just want like a velvet, soothing velvet, velvet in yeah. the left, silk on the right, <laughs> <laughs> like any gentleman would. Um, this is not best performance. This is best villain. But if it was performance, 
her walking into that one house that like would not sell to her. Oh yeah, and sitting down and talking to them, and you, we didn't know Lady True at that point, but we could just tell she was a villain. Like that mm-hmm. was the shit. Like that was everything I want from a scene. Anybody who walks into your house late at night and is trying to buy something off of you and acting like it's a favor, but has like a four hour or less, uh, it, they're a villain. They're not doing anything for you. <laughs> and the other thing, too, based on really everyone from Barry to Ollie is confident. And if you have as much confidence as Lady True does, you're a villain. Like, yeah. you have to have some sort of anxiety or second guessing yourself, or we do not trust you to be an okay person. All right, your nominees are Pepper Smith, David Holler, Dodge, Vate, and True. Guys, where do you think this is going? Pepper all the way, for sure, right? Yeah, let's burn the pepper plant to the ground. <laughs> and your winner is, I don't have an envelope. Can you guys do that for me? Rip, 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 rip. Whoop. It's Lady True from Watchmen. Watchmen wins its first shushy of the season. I can't believe it's Good taken job, this long. Watchmen. Is that yeah, shocking? That it's taken this long? Or that is Lady True's. That is Lady True. No, yeah, she's she's a terribly because even though it's like a fantastical world and her plans are insane, like she is the villain who exists in our real world. Mm -hmm. Her and Pepper are the only ones out of this list who (laughs) exist in our world. Fuck that, dude. David Holler and Dodge were so much more realistic than Pepper Smith. (laughs) Congrats, Lady True. Congrats, Watchmen, for your first one. I have a feeling now. I'm going to state it now. Watchmen is going to dominate from here on out, but we'll see. Uh, next week, next award is Ensemble. And that seems hard to wrestle from Watchmen's dead, dirty fingers. But we'll see. Yeah, that's likely. But I'm glad that they finally got their fush, first shushy. And, the fush. Uh, the fush. They got their fush. They got their fush <laughs> in the door. Wants their fush. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking Gone of first, fushing. <laughs> we're talking about the first episode of Warrior Nun for the main event coming up right now. Netflix's newest comic adaptation is Warrior Nun, based on the 90s comic Warrior Nun Ariala, a manga-style comic created by Ben Dunn, published by Antarctic Press. The show follows Ava Silva, played by a Portuguese actress, Alba Baptista, in her English-language debut. A quadriplegic orphan who gets powers after an order of Warrior Nuns hides an angel halo in her corpse. The first episode is titled Psalm 46.5, which states God is within her, she shall not fall, and sets up the misadventures of her reborn misfit as she meets squatters and raves while the other nuns search for her. Taste buds, I ask you, what's strong enough to keep you coming back for more? Oh, it is her. It is 100% the actress who <laughs> lights the camera on fire. I cannot believe uh, if, like, if she's new to acting or like she's how... Not- how the other auditions went, because I can imagine her sitting down and every producer and director in, in the room just being like, oh, her, 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 definitely her. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think when you're casting a chosen one narrative, uh, you need them to be watchable. There's so many times where either because they don't like the role, like Shailene Woodley is a enigmatic actress, but in Divergent, she sucks because she just doesn't go with that kind of story. Like, mm-hmm. you really need to have a, a watchable, magnetic lead. Yeah. And it's not like, I feel like the writing, she the writing is not doing her any favors, yet yeah. she is she is really bringing it. Like, it is like it is her that is saving it. But, yeah, I mean, like, let's get into the writing in a second. Like, whether you mean scene to scene or the pacing of, a, of an entire episode, but 
her knowing when to look away, like off to the corner because she's lying or she's awkward mm-hmm. or like the crinkle of a nose or whatever she does. Uh, when she has to look way younger than she is, when she has to look way older than she is, uh, she has this sort of like charisma that like if it wasn't if she wasn't so short because short people don't have a place in Hollywood, then she would crush in Hollywood for the next like thirty to forty years. Yeah. And maybe this will elevate, yeah, because she's she. This is just her first English language, so she's been acting for a bit. But maybe this elevates her. That'd be awesome if this trash project got her into something good. <laughs> yeah. The only other thing that could be saving it for me is like because we haven't got to see. We watched only the first episode, so we didn't get to see a lot of it. But like maybe like the like spiritual like battle that's going throughout it because the ending with like the demons and stuff w- seemed pretty rad. So like that's like those battles might be something like that's basically the only thing that i'm slightly interested in it's so crazy wise. like knowing that this is a netflix show we watch her and she's awesome and then we have guys i'm not joking around straight up warrior nuns and that is <laughs> awesome and then we have her meet these three or four like squatters uh, yeah squatters who were like if somebody would like hated millennials and wanted to write a show this is what these characters are like they're yeah, so this is what the boomers think girls was about Yes, yeah, exactly. These kids are. <laughs> They're like They're so snooty. Influencers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like they all have these Instagrams and they're all competing against each other. Uh and if we can get rid of that, then this would be awesome, but I know we're not because it's a Netflix show. Mhm. Yeah, I I was pretty pumped cuz I I don't think the other warriors none are that great, but to have her come shake up their very military militaristic protocol life would be at least more fun, but no, we have to have this like fun teen style. Like, I don't I'm sorry, hold up, bro. Life, let's go rave. You don't think the warriors not a great the shotgun Mary? Who honestly, her name? First of all, her name is shotgun Mary. Great. Second of all, um, she loses her leader, but did you guys also get the feeling that she also lost her lover? Yeah, lover? yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, like for sure. Which when. The leader of the Warriors Nun was dying uh, right before they took the halo out of her back, which was gross. Yeah, that was Glory. awesome. That was the best visual effects was that halo. Uh, Shotgun Mary and the person who died, they, they put their faces together. Like, Shotgun Mary is not just, you know, uh, grieving over a leader or friend, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think that she is dope, and I was bummed. I, I, ju- I just want the main character and Shaka Mary to be together and lead a mm-hmm. team and fight that, some fucking demons, and that is all I want. Yeah, 100%. That, I'm so excited. Like, every time they would cut to them, I was the opposite of you, Mike. Like, I loved, like, going to, like, that whole, like, warrior nun training camp. Like, I was so excited mm-hmm. when I got a little glimpse of that. And then we would go to the influencers, and, like, it would just kill all Could of it. Could not care about the influencers. Yes. Mm-hmm. What I want to see is more people trying to pick up that halo and having their fingers burn right off. That surprised <laughs> the shit out of me. <laughs> it and- is surprisingly gory. Let's be clear. It wasn't like you picked up like a hot donut from your kitchen floor and it was like, ow, ow, ow. Motherfucker slices right through all of your fingers and now you only have half fingers for the rest of your life. Yeah, it went through his finger like melted butter. Like it, you just saw it slowly go through. Not only good? that, but like he, he picked up the halo and got his fingers destroyed and then also got there's like a uh, a tool you use to get the halo mm-hmm. out of somebody's back and put it in somebody mm-hmm. somebody he also got hit in the face with that like four or five times yeah. bitch did not have a good day <laughs> i bet tomorrow will be better for him though sure <laughs> Can only get a donut on. that won't burn through his fingers but you know he's gonna wake up and be like that was a weird dream oh my god oh my, my hand <laughs> 
my face. Uh, are you guys interested in the lore at all? Did any of it hook you? A little, like, not until the end. Like, I am interested in, like, seeing all those demons. Because, like, that little... We were following that red mist everywhere, you know? And I assumed it was mm-hmm. a demon. But once we saw it was, like, demons feeding off. And we got that insane, like, monster, like, one at the end who's just going to wreck stuff. Like, I am... I'm intrigued for that story. I think I am, too. Because I think Da Vinci Code kicked off a thing that it was not able to land. Which is... Guys... Catholic Church, what the fuck? <laughs> it's yeah. creepy and weird. And then just didn't follow through. And instead of saying, instead of like, there was two paths from Da Vinci Code. One of them was, uh, what was the newspaper Down? movie? Oh, Spotlight. Spotlight. And <laughs> so that's one way to talk about the Catholic Church or Warrior Nun, where instead, like, yeah, of course, it's like there's magic everywhere and we have to fight, mm. like, we have to act the way that we do in order to fight these red ghost smoke villains. The only thing that kills them is us molesting children. So sorry, I'm going to get rid of these red ghost demons. I am interested to see like more of the weapons because we just got like those shrapnel things. So I do want to know like yeah. what like holy weapons they have. Like I'm in for this like Bible span on like just normal weapons. I'm I'm here to. I I hope they do well with that. And yet yeah, it's perfect because it's she now has superpowers, right? Like mm-hmm. she gets thrown through a building, stands up. Which she cannot do, by the way. I don't know if you noticed when Cassie said it, but she's a quadriplegic. So she just stands right up and then quips. I hope, like, she gets shot into a sports store and then hopes that the sports team, the soccer team, is good when she takes all their clothes. Like, Mm -hmm. this is Peter Parker all over the place with one of, I would say, one of our best Peter Parkers. Like, it's all about the actor and she has got a Tom Holland level of charisma and quipping. So out of post-Marvel Netflix, we've been pretty down on the Netflix shows. Do you, Are you more excited for this one than the past ones then? I am, yeah. I uh, I actually thought it was going to be way worse in an enjoyable way. I was like, <laughs> warrior none. You know, like, okay, sure, let's watch this shit. <laughs> yeah, I read a thing. They were like, we know what the 90s was like. We're going to ignore a lot of that. <laughs> but yeah, the other thing too is that Cassie said, why not an ERP? Mm-hmm. And then Mike Buffy, like, do you get... Buffy vibes where we're going to take weird things seriously like Buffy is a very very serious like important hero and then the things around her are dumb as shit yes yeah I I get that vibe yeah there's a lot of fun dumb and I hope that continues yeah the only thing that might like what's deterring me right now is like the very like poorly written YA feel that it has like how she is just like she meets that influencer guy and just like all she could focus on around him is like kissing him and everything like that is like we could do without that totally that's what is bumming me out the most i know i agree with you but i have to say instead of like longing looks and music instead we go into her head where she's like oh my god i want to kiss him look at his lips i want to kiss him mm-hmm. like they do take that shortcut of being like no we are straight up in her brain mm-hmm. And her reactions, because she's a quadriplegic orphan who's basically imprisoned in the nunnery, uh, her reaction to just the real world, now that she can walk and talk and doesn't give a shit anyway, Her the lady giving her booze at the bar and her drinking it and spitting it, and then being like, wait, I'm going to do this because it's bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could watch more of that, for sure. Because she's still a kid, no matter what, you know? Yeah. Yeah, even just her just running across the beach, which was just, like, so joyful. Like, I was there for that. Speaking of the kid, the little kid that gave her advice, there might be a little kid I don't hate, you guys. This one might be okay. <laughs> Jury's still out, though. He was adorable, and I loved how this takes place in Spain, I think. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but his accent changed literally with every line of dialogue, <laughs> so that was nice. 
Uh, you know every every line of dialogue, he had the accent of "I'm a cute kid," and they come from everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and he very seriously tried to. He's like, "Okay, so you died. You came back. Delayed zombification. <laughs> like he tried to take." <laughs> he's really. I've to seen Netflix it. shows. I know what's up. <laughs> but yeah, I would. Uh, I thought this one episode was great, and I would be super down if I didn't. Like already have the feeling that they are going to stretch this bullshit out for so so long. If there's going to yeah. be like, and it's not like two or three episodes. It's twenty percent of every episode from here on out is going to be like, all oh, right, come on, show, right? Let's do this. And then the other eighty percent is going to be her at a club in a prison, raving, <laughs> <laughs> trying to eat for the first time. There is, um, did you guys suffer from what I'm going to call the flea bag effect where I was just waiting for like a hot priest? I had to like check in multiple times to see if that hot, that priest was indeed hot or if I was just a flea bag effect. It was really messing great. with me. That'd be great if there was one throwback where she met, like, cause we have another, like, I would say outside of Shotgun Mary and our titular warrior nun, we have a third lead character who's walking around trying to solve the, he's a priest who's trying to like solve, he's like Catholic detective. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, guys, I don't trust this guy. I think that he mm-hmm. might be a villain. Um, but yeah, if Warrior Nun and saw that guy and then looked at the camera and was like, not a hot priest. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm out. No, that's gross. <laughs> that would be amazing. But uh, yeah, I feel like this guy I definitely don't think is a good guy. And I feel like the way they showed that to us in this episode was when the one um, uh, one of the like warrior trainees was like at the piano singing a song. And everybody came, and he was like, I will not join in on the song. I was like, is this his? <laughs> this is how we know? It was Detective things to detect. <laughs> he had to go to a bar and pour out his soul. Everybody else was crying when she was playing that <laughs> piano. And he walked in, and it was his part, and he unsang, like anti-sang. <laughs> yes. I will not do this. Just brought it all to a halt to be like, mm, no, goodbye. That's what got me kicked out of the choir in middle school. But Every time with, it was my part, that's just what I would do. With with Catholic Detective and with the Millennials, it's a perfect example of how we know that Netflix is going to focus on the wrong things and make us spend so much time with people that we do not give a shit about. I want her all the time. I think that yeah. she's awesome. I, th- I think that she, like, juggernauts through scenes. But we know that we're in for a ton of bullshit. A ton of mm. unfun, boring bullshit. Yeah. Do as much think, as I like this. Do you think... So we got that these... um this like gang of warrior nuns are now after the halo and that they said like they essentially said like get it at any cost it doesn't matter like we can kill her so like it's i'm torn because like i hope they team up because i'm rooting for both of them like i have this where it's just like i need them together like just get them together i don't want them to like be enemies yeah the sooner that shotgun mary becomes what is the main character's name Ava, something like that. Ava's mentor is when the show will click. Whenever that happens, that's when the show will click. And before that, and it's probably going to be like episode eight. Yeah, and we just have to suffer until then. Season two is closer to what we actually want, right? (laughs) Do you guys know anything about the comic that it came from? Because all I just looked up the cover, and it is way more horny than this whole thing seems. That was one of the things they said. We know how the '90s were. We're not going to do that. We just want to tell a, a good story. So yeah, all the the pouches and horniness are gone. Perfect. That's. I feel better about this then because I had that like that image looming in my head the whole time. I was like, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that. I don't think you can do that level of '90s comic book horniness on a mainstream show. No. I also, I'm typically shitting on voiceover, but I, I I sort of hope that that continues too. Like as you long liked as. It. 
Yeah, the closest that we can be in Ava's brain, I think, is the best. Did you not like it? Not really. I think it was. I do think when she's acting, she's good. But I think it's hard to narrate and hard to read those lines. There's one that if she's if this is hell, then I'm gonna do it right. And it was so stilted and not smooth and uh, yeah. The, generally, the narration not a fan. So you're not even talking about from a storytelling standpoint. You just think that the actress who played Ava is not good at the line reading. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Then I got it from like the other standpoint. It did seem to it like. It always takes me out from the moment. Like I know it should be giving us more insight, but for some reason, it like takes me out from it. Like it, it, it creates two separate moments for me. And I will admit that, like I thought, it, I thought it worked better than you two did. But the show starts with record scratch. I bet you're wondering how I got here. You know, <laughs> like it really does start the show off like that. Yeah, and not in a fun way. I think Thor Ragnarok put that to bed. Well, yeah. Every time you see a dead 16 year old girl on a cot, you're like, oh, this isn't fun. And we just disagree. <laughs> so for the most part, you guys feel you're in for the show? I don't I think I am till I'm not. I don't know. Yeah. So much of me depends on you two. If you guys <laughs> stick with it, then I'm in. And if one of you bounces out, then I'm I want to be like, oh, I am also bouncing out. I'm probably in for at least the next one. Yeah. I'd like to give him a chance. You for sure you gotta get past the pilot one hundred percent. Like yeah. I'm gonna get I'm gonna give him a chance to get more into the story. And if that story then I'm in. Plus, come on, guys. Like, it shouldn't all be relative, but like, we're coming off of V Wars in October faction, and this is yeah. so mm-hmm. much better than that. Yeah. yeah, it's not quite Lock and Key yet, but it is better than that shit. I, looking back on Lock and Key, I think this will be better than Lock and Key. Really? Yeah. All right. Lock and Key wasn't. Lock and Key was not the wire, guys. Come on. I don't know. I about. think it was like the wire. You yeah, 100. It was exactly like the wire. <laughs> Tracks. It's all right there. Well, you guys, we're giving another shot. You can watch it. It is on Netflix. Watch that whenever. But you should watch it week by week with us. That is it for the main event. Coming up next, all the other shows we watched this week. Come with me and you'll be in the world of your imagination. Take a look and you'll see into your imagination. We're back for the pull list. Our first show starting this off is Snowpiercer. On a divided Snowpiercer, Melanie intensifies her search for Leighton, who, by the way, guys, did you know this? I just found out this weekend. Leighton is Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson. That's a lot of roles. It is very weird to watch Hamilton after watching a bunch of Snowpiercer. Like, (laughs) oh, man, you're actually making moves to change the story. This is so crazy. Uh, meanwhile, Leighton is weaponizing her secret, and third class faces a reckoning when he presents them with a choice. Taste buds, I ask you this. I ask you to make a choice. Left hand or right hand. Mike, you go first. Oh, my God. Left hand. It's the middle finger. <laughs> you fucking idiot. You stupid, oh, stupid I idiot. Messed that up. All right, Cassie. All right. Well, I now know what's in the left hand, so I'm going to go right hand. He switched. It's a oh. thumbs up. Yeah. Cassie's awesome. Mike sucks. That's my moment of the week from Snowpiercer. <laughs> Snowpiercer is on Sundays on TNT. Our next show is Doom Patrol. No, come on. We're already talking about Doom. Okay. All right, yeah. let's do it. Ryan, we're going directly to it, man. We're digging right in. On the third episode of Doom Patrol, 
Niles is forced to confront just how fucked up his actions have been after Red Jack, a.k.a. Jack the Ripper, a.k.a. Freaky Dude who feeds off of other people's pain, asks him to become his immortal torture apprentice. This is a brutal wake-up call that makes, makes Niles realize that he needs to try to make right what he did. The fourth episode is a completely different game, as they call in the Danatonians to help bring Danny back to life after they are dropped by Dorothy, which is of course, which of course, results in a sexed out crazy party, so powerful that it summons a sex demon who births a sex baby, which when it cries, it will destroy all babies on earth. Who do you call in this situation? The sex men. So taste friends, I ask you, what was the purpose of the fourth episode except to just mentally, mentally scar me for the rest of my days on this earth? Well, Cassie, can we get to the third episode real quick and then yeah, move on we forever? should. I mean, that's the right thing to do. It's just the fourth episode has been looming in my mind. It's so hard to overlook it. But yes, Ryan. All right, let me go make. I'm gonna make this quick. This was a uh, a more typical than Doom Patrol has ever been. Like sort of one undone case of the week. Uh, here's the killer, and he looked freaky, and his whole thing was butterflies, and it made me realize that for my entire life, I've always thought of butterflies as scary as bats or birds. Like, okay. why do butterflies just get this fucking pass? They're fucking Thank freaky you. as shit. <laughs> Holy shit, Ryan. I've never felt more connected to you. I am terrified of fucking butterflies, and everybody always laughs at me for this Why shit. would you not be? <laughs> <laughs> freaky as shit and thank you i have, i thought i was gonna be roasted on this for this because i was gonna admit that fear so thank you i feel so valid right now no the Nerds. whole thing <laughs> the whole thing is that like oh th- this is probably fine oh no wait there's this thing that's flying at me and flapping its wings and i can hear it flap and then no it's just a gentle butterfly with perfectly colored wings so i should be calm i'm not calm <laughs> fuck that i am swinging and punching as if it the the butterfly demon king himself is up here on Earth. Is that the butterfly effect? Is how scared you get? <laughs> yes, it is, Mike. <laughs> yes, and thank you for pointing it out. Uh, but, Ryan, so we did get some storylines. For this third episode, I was happy that we did get to see, like, it was kind of another hero episode for Rita, where we got to see her really, like, it was confirmed, like, she is, I believe she is our hero this season. Yes, I, I definitely think that the way that, we're going through her, working through her powers, working through her personality, that Rita Farr is the star of season two for sure. Mm. And that didn't really happen in season one, so now was the time. I think that the episode three also proved that Cyborg, get the fuck out of here, bro. We don't yeah. care about your shit. Yeah, that was like, by the end, he like came back to the mansion or the house or whatever, and they were just like, you're back? And he was like, I'm back. I was like, hey, no, nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> nobody <laughs> noticed. It was like my house growing up. Like, oh, are you here? Yeah, I was gone for three days. Oh. And then my mom would grab me by the throat and say, no one noticed. <laughs> and then call me Cyborg, which was so weird. So, so peculiar. All right, but Cassie, there was... You ready? Are we going we gonna to go right to this? Uh, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. If, if you're not ready. If you want to keep talking about three, then go ahead. No, let's, let's try to tackle this next one. Oh, I don't even I don't even know where to begin. I was okay. like I was nervous from the start when I saw just it titled like Sex Patrol and there was no amount of fear that I could possess that like would have been the proper amount of fear for this episode. And that fear didn't come in like they held it off for so long. Like it was just a Danny party for this is a big so party. long. A big accepting everyone is in party. And I will say the reason why I love this episode is not what Cassie is thinking, that I am a non-Catholic, fucking pagan, disgusting, should have been killed before I was born, should have been punched into the fucking, back into the womb of my mother before I even (laughs) took a breath. But this was, 
This felt like we're finally back to Doom Patrol. This felt like a Doom Patrol. The first three episodes were a little like, uh, we have to worry about the ramifications of the first season and blah, blah. And this was like, yeah, Doom Patrol. Go Doom Patrol. Yeah, it's the Denizens are throwing a party to revive him. Uh, you have Dorothy sneaking drinks throughout the party because she's supposed to be in bed, so she's acting like an 11-year-old. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flex is giving Rita an orgasm while not looking with his powers to help her unlock her powers. It's weird, wacky fun. And there was, like, I don't know. Like, so we brought Danny back to life. My problem is, why did we have the sex demon? Why was there this part? Is that just Doom Patrol? Like, they just got to throw that in there? Well, it's important to note that, like, all of the, uh, you know, like, non-binary parties that Danny the Street is into had nothing to do with the sex men. It was the fact that Flex Mentallo forced a orgasm ray into Rita Farr so big that it was basically like the Luxor in Vegas and shot up a beam so much that the sex men and, oh, man, what what was The shadowy Mr. Evans from Nepal. (laughs) The shadowy Mr. Evans. Everyone took notice and then flocked to this party, which is my dream to have a party <laughs> so big and so bumping and so orgasmic that different uh, like FBI Entities. type. Yeah, they all come to this party and try to figure out what's going on. That is perfect. And the, so the shadowy Mr. Evans, when he shows up, all he does is party. He dances mm-hmm. as a shadow uh, and then he makes sex ghosts show up because the sex men are basically low rent. Ghostbusters who only attack sex ghosts. It's it's only if Slimer wants to fuck the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. That's when they show up. That's when they step in. But like they all have code names that are related to sex things. It's very good. Uh, yeah, it was cuddles, touch, and torture. Is that I what they were? So. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like the shadow that Cliff was dancing with, that wasn't a sex demon, right? He was just dancing with a shadow of a different party goer. No, that was the second because the sex demon uh, when we first saw him before it was a shadow. He had like a periscope out of its head. Uh-huh. And that's exactly what that shadow looked like. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I like I my version like- better of Cliff just saying, "No, I'm important. I've done research," even though it was just a shadow of a party goer. <laughs> I just partied with that dude. It was rad as hell. So we did have all of that going on, but we also had. Um, so Dorothy was like, you know, sneaking out past bedtime at this party and everything. Which then gave us where she is now just talking to the candle maker. Like, this is her go-to, like, friend now who is giving her advice, which is terrifying. And we all had that friend, right? We all had, uh, what's the spider's name? Herschel. 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 We all had the Herschel friend who was like, oh, he's a little brash. He talks like a weird New Yorker, but he's giving me good advice and he cares about me. And then we all had the candle maker friend who was like, "Now come out, do drugs, let's see what happens." Yeah, <laughs> who also like when she's like, "Well, Herschel said this." He's like, "Oh, you want to go hang with your little kid friends? Fine." <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what she. This like candlestick. He's like straight up being like a devil on her shoulder, which has led her to realize that she like was imprisoned in Danny. So we have like this is for sure not a fallback for her because she knows it was a prison. Danny's not going to allow it anymore. So this is this is not a plan that can like. It's not a fallback. Which is, that's the best way to be a villain. It's not to say, like, uh, Niles, Professor Niles, your father, he wants to have sex with you and then create a bunch of Nazi demons. Just tell them the truth. Right. And when you tell them the truth, you open up their brain and then they just go against everything they think they're supposed to go against. (laughs) How did you feel? So there was a whole, during this 
party for Danny. We got Dorothy singing. I think it's the Willy Wonka song. Yeah, pure imagination. <laughs> yeah, is it like does Doom Patrol do do a lot of like musical moments like that where they'll just bust out a song, or was that there's just been, for th- Danny? There's been a couple. When um, what's his name, Matt Bomer, the Larry Larry was in Danny the Street the first time. I think Larry discovered it for all of us. Uh, he had a big, big karaoke moment yeah. about dancing and singing. So, yeah, every once in a while. Every once in a while they do it. Word. But, I mean, that's a great song. I want to hear it more in life always. So, that's cool. Yeah. And it's so it's so chilling. Like, mm-hmm. Niall's on the piano, like, bloom, bloom, bling. And, like, everybody's like, oh, shit, Dorothy's going to do it. <laughs> like, it was a real pump-up jam. I was like, this is a weird vibe <laughs> we're going into. <laughs> but we did. So, the previous episode, episode three, we had Rita being the hero. And in this one, it was probably the most devastating moment is when Dorothy asks for a confirmation that she is pretty. And she just falls back with, like, the advice that her mom gave her with, you have other talents, darling, focus on those. I know. Heartbreaking. Rita was leaning in so hard to, like, oh, my God, Dorothy, you're ridiculous if you don't think that you're a perfect angel. You know, like, you're gorgeous and you're capable and you can do anything. And Rita was fighting back against every single thing that her mom told Rita. Yeah. And then in one single second, she had a weak moment. The, yeah. the entire episode was about how your parents just live to fuck you up. And mm-hmm. are you going to get over that or not? And now Rita becomes not just Dorothy's mom, but Rita becomes Rita's mom and just says, nah, fuck it. Find a new talent, you ugly bitch. <laughs> it was it was hard. Yeah, the, the way this show gets away with saying its message openly is just I think beca- by the nature of how goofy and weird it is and who sang it because Cliff says because he just was dealing with his seeing his daughter he's just talking to Larry how all kids do is fuck up your life and Larry looks at him and he's like no we fuck up their lives right and then they have to deal with it because mm-hmm. uh, everything Niles does thinks he's a good dad mm-hmm. but no he's just a fucking power hungry villain yes yeah so um, Ryan do you got a moment of the week oh shit my moment of the week. Uh, of these two episodes, I want to say when Dorothy floats up and like hangs the disco ball or whatever she does. Oh yeah. But I don't know if this is like too out of whatever. But I think my moment of the week is watching it, realizing that underneath the same same star, Cassie is also watching it and just wondering yeah. what the fuck is she thinking about <laughs> Sex Patrol. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a journey for me for sure. I don't. I don't know if I had a clear thought of what I thought about it, honestly. And then also, if I could have a third, it's Crazy Jane punching that fucking baby right up a butthole. It's got to (laughs) be just insane. Mike, what about you? Moment of the week? Yeah, it it has to be Jane punching the baby right the fuck back into that butthole. Sorry, Mike. How could it be that? (laughs) (laughs) And it's just because we called in the sex men because they were the only ones who could solve this. But yet, they couldn't do it. She just had to come in there and really shove that baby up there. It was insane. And Um, also... Way more than porn, because we when we watch porn, we watch people orgasm, and then they also like sort of fake their face, like because they're so used to orgasming, they have to like try to remember what it feels like. In this show, we have seen so many of these actors put their O face on, yeah. and I, I'm always interested in, to see how people do it. And then uh, the actress who plays Crazy Jane, she does it the best. It's just like <laughs> knees buckled, screaming and yelling, yeah, ang- looking angry about it. <laughs> Uh, my moment of the week was actually when Crazy Jane goes into the van to meet, um, Cuddles in the van, the other sexman who's, like, there for, like, intel or whatever. He's just waiting outside of it. And, um, we found out his other code name was 
it was either cuddles or hand stuff, and I love that moment. <laughs> uh, you guys, Doom Patrol is on Thursdays on the DCU or HBO Max. You can watch it on both of those. Our next show is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. On uh, this week's episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Mac is able to get his parents back on the Zephyr. But are they his parents? They aren't. They're Chromacons. So he has to kill those motherfuckers. Meanwhile, Susa and Daisy are taken prisoner by this Nathaniel Malik, who is going to take Daisy apart piece by piece until he can get powers. Taste buds, I ask you this. Which of your parents would you throw out of an airplane? <laughs> you, I do, thank God they don't listen to this. Which of my parents? I feel like it's got to be my dad for the challenge. <laughs> to see if you can muscle him out? Yeah, 100%. Uh, my mom has learned how to listen to podcasts and tried to start to listen to this, so I'm going to say Handcart Brooklyn. Handcart Brooklyn gets thrown out that plane. There's no fucking... That means that you're getting thrown out of the plane, Mike. Yeah, he, he's, he's so a, much tougher he's a than brick you. house. <laughs> um, there's a lot that happened this week. Uh, Coulson killed himself in order to save the day, and every time Coulson dies, it's forever. Like, There's no way that he will come back. Well, except this episode, did you like it how he once says dying is my superpower, and then uh-huh. May is like, you never die, like, exasperated. She's like, I don't want to mourn you again, so I don't care. You're going to come back. It's fine. Yeah. He, like, May reacts to this as, like, uh, me telling Mike, Mike, this is the last time I will get drunk and beat you up. And you're like, sure, dude. <laughs> Do you know how many times we've had this talk? Whatever. <laughs> uh, Mike, did you watch this? I did. Okay. So... Let's talk about it with each other. Um, Gemma blocked herself from the Chromacons, and that's why we have no Fitz. Yeah, she she has this little thing in her brain that makes her forget where Fitz is, but it Call also Diana. Every once in a while malfunctions and hide like hides other parts of her life. So Enoch has to go in and like fix it. Does this feel like good storytelling, or that Ian Day Castaker had other stuff to do? Yeah, it feels like they thought they were going to get canceled. He picked up other stuff. And then they're like, uh, let's figure out why Fitz isn't here. I would really love Fitz to be on the team for the last five episodes or whatever we have. Is yeah, it going to happen? I think so. It'd be weird for him to just, ne- like, the show ends and we're like, and we never knew where Fitz went. What about uh, Bobby and Nathaniel Blood? Who's that guy? Oh, where the actor's name was cooler than the character's <laughs> yeah. name? Yeah. Nathaniel Bloodhunter or something like. Oh, <laughs> I would. Oh man, I would love Bobby Morse. I was so bad. Marvel's Most Wanted didn't get turned into a show. I don't think they're coming back though. No. Did you watch the preview for the next episode? No. What's the next episode? So the next episode, uh, Deke runs off to tell Mac you should oh, get yeah. back into the Zephyr, and then he doesn't, and the Zephyr goes away. And so the next episode is Mac and Deke. In 1982, with headbands on. I think this is actually what we're reviewing as our main segment next week. Oh, very excited. Uh, with full-on muscles, like always ripped shirts, and then fighting robots that look just like Short Circuit. That, okay, that's great. Max hates robots. I hope the Shotgun X comes back. He has a motorcycle, so there's some Terminator stuff. And taking our most serious character and our goofiest character and having them have to hang out. It's great. Do you think that now, finally, Yo-Yo, Gemma, and... May are back to normal after all of these revelations? No, I mean, we still don't know why Yo-Yo isn't... They, yeah, everybody has a weird thing now, right? And so we don't know why Yo's powers aren't working. May knows she doesn't have emotions, but we don't really know why. So, like, they're not back to normal. 
I, the other thing I hope for is that like they shoot forward in the future, and then they call a phone, and Coulson answers it, and they're like, "Hey, Coulson, good to hear from you. Can you get me back to the ship?" <laughs> and then he hangs up, and then looks at uh, what's his name, Enoch, Enoch, and Enoch's like, "Yeah, it's just what they do, man. <laughs> they they don't give robots. a shit." <laughs> yeah, I hope Enoch rubs it in Mac and Deke's face that they got left back in time this time, <laughs> not just him. Uh, Mike, do you have a moment of the week? Yeah, I have two, and because of who I'm in love with, they both involve Daisy. But uh, so she gets tortured and her powers like ripped out of her into Nathaniel, and Seuss is like trying to take care of her, and he finds out she hit a shard of glass in her hand. Baller. That's how baller she is. Uh, she's the best. Uh, and then this hold is on, the- can I time out real, real quick? I'm so sure. nervous, Mike. Also, Daisy spent a lot of this episode barefoot, and I'm so nervous that Mike is going to go off on how bare her feet were mike please no. don't do that don't that's get, for shut it down. after the show we'll talk about that but uh this is so moment of the week is generally positive and we used to do a lot more negative ones so i want to bring that up uh ryan has hinted how he, he does not like the character of nathaniel malik uh and so daisy says uh he says something about how her powers are cool and she's like you haven't seen the half of it and he stops like being murderous and goes what a cool thing to say your whole vibe it's it's just great and i was just like come on show no i think <laughs> I think that uh, Nathaniel Malik really like hit 500. Probably half of his stuff was like try hard, but half of his stuff was like that's pretty funny. Like looking at a hero, knowing that they always have to say something like you don't know the half of it, and being like, <laughs> "Oh man, that was a really sweet thing to say." I really <laughs> liked it awesome. when you said that. <laughs> Ryan, do you got a moment of the week? Yeah, my moment of the week is uh, Mac has already found out that his parents were Chromicons and has destroyed his dad. And then his mom, his mom's face is just in his hand. Like, he's squeezing his mom's face. And the mom is saying, come on, Mac, please don't kill me. And then he, like, wipes one tear and then throws her out of a plane. And it's what I've wanted to do my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) And this this brought out, like, I think this episode was, like, the best Mac has ever been. Like, he rose to the emotions he had to show. In a way, which we just haven't seen for years from this guy. And then drove out of the Zephyr to have emotions. Like, he... Created a new episode for next week because of his stupid emotions, and that is unmac like. Yes. Well, you guys, Agents is on Wednesdays on ABC. Our next and final show of the week is Star Girl. On this week's Star Girl, it's the first part of the shiv, and the kids are asking for a seat at the grown-up table, but are doing so by being extra childish and throwing tantrums. The school bully Cindy storms into Daddy Dragon Man's secret dungeon and steals the super suit he had for her. And Courtney steals Pat's training session for the entire JSA, showing a lack of leadership skills. These two have a lot in common, which is why they almost became friends in the end, but end up fighting each other as their alter egos, and that leaves Courtney possibly dead. Taste friends. This episode gave us a lot, but specifically gave us more of Dragon King and the Weird Janitor. I'm too excited to talk, decide which one to talk about. We will get to the main one, obviously, but which of these two do we start with? Oh, man. Um, the Janitor, I guess? It, there's not much to him. I just, like, he has been this mystery to me, and I have, like, latched on. I was hoping we'd get more of him, and it turns out there is a full story with this guy. So he is, like, some type of, like, medieval knight or something. Yeah, I yeah, looked you- it up. Yeah, oh, yeah. What do you got? I don't. Should we say or should we just let? No, I want Cassie to be revealed. Cassie, we're gonna hold right. this back from you. Okay. But yeah, so he, yeah, he, one of the, he says something weird to another one of the kids, and then he goes mm-hmm. to put his mop away, and there's just a full on 
Arthurian sword, like with his mops, like yeah. in the bucket, <laughs> and showing how nobody, not even other staff, goes in this room. And it's probably not the Arthurian sword. It's probably just a Arthurian sword. Yeah, an Arthurian <laughs> sword. And then, yeah, he he goes. He's the one, right, to say, help save Courtney from completely dying. Yeah. And yeah, he, he says when when Pat runs in, yelling Courtney's name, which is foolish, because mm-hmm. uh, the staff came and got him. That's what you have code names for, Pat. Courtney. Uh, Star Girl, I mean. Uh, the janitor is watching from like behind the bleachers because you got to be a little creepy as a janitor. And he's like, ah, Stripesy. So yes. he has a past with him. Oh, does he? So- I also wonder so much when you're in that role, are you like, okay, so I am a very powerful hero. But right now I'm working as a janitor at high school. And so every once in a while, I'll just be like, or has he lost his mind and those things just come out of his mouth i think that one i think he's a little loopy yeah it's got to be because the other one was like the smell of like he mopped up her shoes and mentioned like the smell of old books or something like it's not even like at first i thought it was a code i think he's just mad yeah ship ship dropped her trapper keeper and he went to pick it up and then smelled each paper. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. That makes her mean reaction make a little yes, more sense. Yes, that was the yeah. most I've ever related to Sydney in my entire life. Yeah, so this episode we did, it focused a lot on Sydney or Shiv. And we found out that uh, Dragon Dragon King is her dad and is fucked up to her as well. Like, it, she's just his little <laughs> experiment. Like, he's done something to make her, like, I think is it just like she can heal? Like, she just like can't be injured? And she has, like, I think, does she have knives that come out of her wrists? Is that what happened? Because uh, knives are supposed to come out of your knuckles, right? Like, yeah. There's supposed to be three you, knives out of your top hand, not one out of your bottom hand. If you're a Marvel hand. kid, knives come out of your knuckles. But, man, he is. I can't imagine watching this show as, like, a 14-year-old girl who has issues with her dad. And then watching this dad say things like, no, you must keep going out with this boy. Or... You're my you're my greatest experiment. Like mm-hmm. that's fucked up, dude. And but the worst is he's like, I don't know, go shopping. I don't really care what you do. Throw another party. Straight up like you go get drunk. I don't care. You want to be up top. Like you can be as drunk as hell as you want like that. Also, if you want me to kill your mom, your current mom, I'm down for that too. I'll make another one. It was uh, insane. Also be slighter slightly more nice to your stepmom. And yeah. she was only a little bit more nice than I was to my stepmom when I was her age, but <laughs> fuck, man, she did not treat her stepmom well. Did she? So, like, as the school bully, she never worked for me, but when she shoved those cookies into her mom's chest, I was like, there's the bully. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing that the show keeps doing is that, like, uh, we're surrounded by these characters that I care about, and we have to spend time with all of these two dimensional, idiot, cardboard cutout characters. And then every time I say that, one of those characters just gets their own episode and is, oh, fuck, okay, okay. You understand completely why Cindy is the way she is. She's Mm -hmm. combined of gotten everything she's ever wanted and neglected all the time of what she actually wants, which is, like, her snake daddy's love. Like, (laughs) yeah, it. you feel for it when Courtney bails on her, and I understand why. Cindy's very mean. Uh, A cute boy asks Courtney to dance. Uh I get why she lashes out and is angry. Is like, no, you bail on me once, we will never hang out. Yeah, it's a no forever. And I was like, okay, yeah, I feel that too. It's like, do you think that you know Regina George's parents? Oh, no. We are going to make them so much worse. Like, yeah. they kicked it up a notch. I also like, because I do think 
kid, mostly kids are probably watching this and uh, hopefully they listen to the show and I don't want to be mean, but kids are dumb. Uh, we've talked about how Courtney is not a great person. She's just like a plucky hero, but fucks up often. But for this to do mirror Cindy and Courtney conversations with their parents to be like, do you see how they are the same? Your quote unquote hero sucks. But I don't think yeah. the show is doing it in a way where you can obviously notice that. Guys, is like this the best the top. CW show of all time? Yes. It's yes. so good. Yes, 100%. Like, th- is this better than Arrow already? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you broke him. Mike. That's really hard. Yes. There, I think it is. That make me, for, pound for pound, the episodes we've seen, there's less cheesy dick, stupid shit. Yes. Yeah. It's so good. Get How actors do- who can act and write well. That's all you need. That's and it. then and- Arrow never had Luke Wilson being like, well, well. <laughs> I don't. Oh, I don't know. Put him gonna... in a dad role. It's got to be the best one. One hundred percent. I hope in the second season, one of the ISA people we haven't met yet is Owen Wilson, and they just have to Wilson off. Holy hell, <laughs> Mike! Why do you choose to give me erections? <laughs> <laughs> Were you guys? I was excited. Like them as friends, I was excited for. But then, obviously, them going against each other, I am really excited for her as a villain. I think like she. She kicks ass as a, or she like sucks as a school bully, but as this villain, I think she kicks ass. That's a good point, though, is that when they decided to end the episode like the way they did, which makes sense. It's a superhero show; they should fight. What we didn't get is Court and Shiv mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. talking shit in PJs, and I do yeah. not know how that scene would have gone. Yeah, but I think it would have been awesome. Yeah, for sure. And then yeah, also. If it's at Courtney's house, then fucking Kid Diabetes would have busted in, too, and said some shit. How do you think about Mike's uh, turn here? He both had a cute moment where he made Barbara road trip snacks, which uh, is nice, except that he included circus peanuts, so fuck him forever. (laughs) Fuck him. That's the grossest snack. Uh, He wants her to die. But he also... Yelled at Courtney and said, he's my dad, not yours. You don't see me trying to mom up Barbara all the time. <laughs> Which he has absolutely done. That was a lie. Yeah. It's just he that can't, was after he he can't gave her get snacks. Barbara. He tried. Yeah. He gave her a whole giant bag of snacks. Like, he is trying. He just can't. He doesn't have the pull to get her. But I, yeah, it didn't make me feel for him at all. No, I hate him as a character and an actor, so it's hard for me. But like, <laughs> you get why Pat's bonding with Courtney more. <laughs> no, no I, I mean I get it because they're both superheroes, and we can't tell Mike. Is that what it is? Yeah, Cassie, Cassie, I'm so sorry. Real quick, the character who we can talk to about all the time, but we can't tell anybody. His name is Mike. That's so weird. Yeah, uh, like wait, but also he's still super flat. Except for the fact that he eats only chocolate-covered everything, and then that makes him less flat. Like, that's his only trait, and I don't care. I would like to know what happened to Pat's wife yeah. in the future at some point. Mike gave her diabetes. <laughs> what if she was hanging out with Pat too much, and Mike was like, oh, yeah? That's have you that's hung- my dad. Have you hung out with gravy-covered Twinkies? And then just fed her till she exploded. We see his origin story. Uh, Ryan, do you got a moment of the week? Oh, shit. Is Mike going to be in the ISL? Like, man. Then That'd I be might awesome. be interested in any of his story at all. Uh, my moment of the week is the stick. The Stargirl the stick. The cosmic staff. The cosmic staff saying, you know what? Fuck this. And going and finding an adult. Just saying, like, you know what, Courtney? 
I'm with you and you're with me, but at a certain point, the stick was like, fuck this, and then ran to a school bus, and Pat just happened to be next to a school bus, and just, like, totally ratting Courtney out. Yeah, just straight up, like, follow me to her, she's doing bad right now. It's just, like, if you're Luke Wilson, there's no amount of times where we can say, hey, you need training, hey, if you guys could just work as a team, that they'll listen, and then, but the stick knows what's up. Yeah. Mike, you got a moment of the week? Uh, the reveal of Pat's training course, because he is going to train yeah. the baby JSA. And it's just like all these buckets with watermelons on them for and days. <laughs> and the kids, like, their reaction of looking annoyed that this is it, but even more annoyed that Courtney ruins it when they all wanted to at least try training on this thing they rolled their <laughs> eyes at. <laughs> it was perfect. It was a perfect sequence. And what a great yeah. shortcut to making them believe that team is important. Because it's mm-hmm. not, all of them think that they're capable. It's not about that. It's about watching star girl like do it all and then being like fuck you dude we're part of a team yeah <laughs> yes that was it mike that was one of my moments of the week because it's just i love i love pat taking up the time like i like to picture him setting all that up in my mind it just <laughs> it's so precious but then my other moment of the week is when we cut into the janitor's closet or wherever he is and he has like the medieval version of like a lisa frank calendar with his little pony and it's just like, I don't know if it was his pony at the time or he's just a fan of ponies, but it's up on the wall and he kind of like strokes it. That's that backstory I need. <laughs> I'm fully here for this character. And Stargirl's, Stargirl is on Mondays on the DCU or Tuesdays on the CW. And that is all of our shows for this week, you guys. We have done it. And uh, Mike, can you tell us about some websites? Sure. You should go over to yourpopfilter.com to get everything we put out for free. Uh, that's where all this stuff lives. If you if you have a few dollar bills you'd like to share with us, go over to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. Pick a tier. It helps us out. You get extra stuff. Uh, and if you want to rate this podcast from anywhere, go to ratethispodcast.com slash superhero. And Ryan, can you tell us about the other shows? We have so many other shows. Movie of the Year is a uh, podcast that we do that talks about the best movie of any given year. Um, we used to have some host troubles on that, but I think that we have fixed them now. And now it is... I'm sorry, what, Mike? I was, I, I've been hearing murmurs. There's rumors that... There's whispers of people. I don't know. What, are the, what do the whispers say? I mean, I'm just... I don't know if we can say that there's no more host troubles. Okay. Well, I would say the whispers that I hear say that there are no more host troubles. So please... Subscribe to Movie of the Year. Rate and review it. That would really help us out. Also, if you're like, Cassie seems like a good person. I wish he had two different friends. Then subscribe, rate, and review the Unnatural 20s. Guys, are your 20s natural? You're lying. It's unnatural. So why don't you roll with us, the Unnatural 20s. Oh, my God. You just found our new. You put it all together for us, Ryan. Thank you. I'm not even going to pay you for that. I'm just going to take it. I appreciate that. Mike, That's can you capitalism. Tell us about- <laughs> right here on the show. It's everywhere. Uh, Mike, can you tell us about social media? Yeah. At your pop filter on Twitter, on Instagram. You know how those things work. We're there, too, baby. And easy to find. We also got an email if you want to reach out that way. It's contact at your pop filter. Share your little thoughts with us. We will read them on the show. Love to do that. And you guys, next week we got a big show coming up. As we mentioned, Mac and Deke get stranded in 1982. We're incredibly excited about that. Also, the revolution finally begins on Snowpiercer. We are getting to it. And we are going to get to the Shushies for Best Ensemble. So be sure to tune in for that. 
Thank you all for listening to this episode. For Mike, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Mike. And for me, I am me. Bye, everyone. Simply look around and view it Anything you want to, do it Want to change the world There's nothing to it Simply look around.